Renu. Renu. Oh my god, Renu's power went out. Well, I guess uh I guess we live here now. <laughs> what the Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Atcast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your eternity, Soup. And I'm your reincarnated saint with unparalleled magical power, Renu. All right, this week at stands for Absolute Territory because we'll be sampling the spring 2021 season. Mm. But before we get into that, uh, what have we been up to? What have you been up to? It's been a hot minute. <laughs> it, it has been. It has been. Um, the last time we recorded was... Uh, quite a long time ago mm-hmm. for the the wrap up, which yeah. didn't get posted for a long time because it was like three hours. It was an extra long one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was super long, so we had to uh take some time to edit it, and then like also uh I I kind of messed up the timing of it because I I was like oh yeah the end of the month there's another week until like the last Sunday of the month no there was not there was not another <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We got it. We we did it. <laughs> we we got around to it in the end. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I guess like the biggest thing that's happened since we last recorded, which you already know about, is um I have a new family member. I have yeah. a fluffy doggo. Fluffy um, doggo. Puppy. Her name is Clover. Yes, she's big, fluffy, white puppy. Um, she's a great Pyrenees, so um, she will be humongous. Uh, yes, very giant, soon. probably larger than you are. Probably, uh, I mean, tbh. <laughs> uh, and we've been really excited about that. I mean, it's just like every spare moment is, you know, dedicated to her. So, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I I imagine that it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, no one likes to talk about how much work a puppy is, um, like in the grand scheme of like talking about how wonderful puppies are. They're right. as much work, I would say, as raising like an actual child. Um, I mean, maybe parents might be affronted by that, but you know, you don't no, really no. have like a sleep schedule with a puppy. Like, you just <laughs> well, like 100%. Because the thing is, uh, even, even raising like a cat is like an amount of work. Mm-hmm. Like more than you think it is, mm-hmm. and cats are like low maintenance pets. Yeah. Like a dog is so much more. It is a lot more maintenance. Um, definitely. I mean, I I say it's as much work as raising a child. It's it's less work than raising a child, if only because a child is less independent for much longer. Right. Um, right. But there is there are similarities between <laughs> the 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 struggles that you deal with uh raising oh, yeah. a yeah, toddler you don't get, you don't versus get to sleep a you don't get to sleep on your yeah. schedule anymore yeah you sleep on their schedule um and you're lucky if you do and that's that's about it and you uh have to work on socializing them teaching them the right things the wrong things so on and so forth so 
Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's all of that. But um, she's a real joy. She's so cute. Um, super lovable. She loves socializing with people. Oh, uh, yeah, puppy. Yeah, yeah. She loves people. Um, pe- uh, other dogs like it's kind of like hit or miss. Like she's kind of choosy about which dog she ends up liking on first impressions. Um, but you know that's understandable. A lot of dogs are actually like that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so. That's the biggest thing. Um, aside from that, I managed to, while she was sleeping, go out and watch the Demon Slayer movie. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, good job. I yeah, made, I made plans to watch it, but uh, they they didn't um, they didn't come to fruition quite yet. So okay, is it still it's still in theaters, right? I have no idea. I, <laughs> I maybe like the thing is the problem is that it is not up to um a set schedule, right? Like each theater chooses when it stops yeah. showing the yeah. movie. Which to be fair, like it's a fairly popular movie even stateside, so mm-hmm. there's a pretty decent chance they'll keep it for for a while, but um yeah, I mean this this Friday I'm like double vaccinated and I can kind of uh, oh, nice! I can go out and take that little extra bit of risk, um, as you know, obviously being wearing a mask, right? But like, yeah, and, and I can go out and watch watch the Demon Slayer movie, hopefully. Um, oh yeah, so. definitely. Our theater was like almost empty. It wasn't completely empty, but there were yeah, yeah. three groups, and by groups I mean there was me by myself, uh, a couple, and then um, like a small group of friends, I guess. Who yeah, and we yeah, all yeah. we all you know sat super separate, like across the theater from each other. So. <laughs> yeah, they they clear a lot of the the seats yeah. so that yeah. you're you're very separated from people. Which it yeah. also though means that like o- there's only like four people in every showing because like once you take the two like middle rows, like there's really nowhere else good to sit. I'll I'll, I'll say this like people like uh, don't like to necessarily watch movies by themselves, but I'm really glad that I went by myself for this one because mm-hmm. no one no one needs to see me emote that much during. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, I got really immersed in the movie, and it was, uh, it was great. I, I enjoyed nice, it. Nice, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks so good. I want to watch yeah. it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's essentially what I've been up to, puppy, and trying to get free time to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, you have, you have seemed a little busy recently. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't envy you. Uh, anyone bit i say that as if i haven't been busy i've been in like you've been busy too busy. yeah yeah it's uh i've actually i don't know why but like i've been more busy than like i realized recently uh because like i i'm just like oh yeah you know it's a I, I, it's fine i have a lot of free time oh no wait i'm doing this and this and this and this and this and oh my god i'm doing a lot of things um <laughs> Don't yeah. overbook yourself again, like you have I, a habit of doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. A, I, I think I'm good. I, I have a good balance right now. Um, and right now I'm like, I'm. I'm like just wrapping up one of my uh one of my like freelancing projects. So I'm kind okay. of between jobs right now. Um, okay. I don't really have any like work going on. So I've started streaming again. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed you yeah. started up uh your 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 streams again. So that's yeah, good. yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's been. I I feel like I've been more tired than than normal lately. Like more more tired than normal in even in the context of like you know um having been locked inside for for like a year and, <laughs> and some time yeah uh, for the global pandemic right yeah um yeah I've I've definitely been 
I've I've been a lot busier for no no discernible reason. I can't I can't even express why. Like I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of kind of mounting the curve on that one, right? Like mounting the hill on that one. Um, okay. I think it's it's gonna be a little easier from from here for for a couple weeks. Good. Uh, yeah, and I got some like fun stuff uh, planned. Uh, Yay. Some fun stuff in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, some plans and, and stuff. Um, gonna hang out with some like of my vaccinated friends. Uh, we we're planning a, a trip where we seclude ourselves from society in a cabin in the woods or whatever. Again? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, again, but it's been like a year since the last time we did it. Um, ah. So uh, you know, it's kind of where I'm at. Um, I. Um, um, so I mentioned this, I mentioned this, right? Um, but mm. I'm streaming more and I'm streaming Dark Souls 3 again, but this time we're doing it co op. Mm-hmm. So I've brought my friend and uh, we've been playing through it co op, which is very funny. It lets us do some very funny things. <laughs> Good. Um, aside from that, uh, today for the first time in, uh, probably like a month or so i got to see bark Bark! (gasps) what happened where was he Um, oh i I don't remember if i ever talked about this on the podcast but a while ago he slipped a disc and had to go to the vet oh Um, no so he had to essentially stay inside um so he was staying at the neighbor's place for like uh for like the past like six weeks or something um uh, recovering and like you know taking his painkillers and stuff but today you know he was walking around outside he was, <gasps> he was roaming around um and like you know it, it's funny because uh, on one hand it's like yay we get to see bark again on the other hand it's like should we really be letting this cat back outside? Yeah. he keeps coming back like injured <laughs> but i mean that's no. that's the nature of, of an outdoor cat right um and it's it's kind of hard to like it's hard to turn an outdoor cat into an indoor cat, especially mm-hmm. when, like, technically speaking, the cat was never yours to begin with. Um, like, like somebody else raised this cat and then <laughs> turned this cat into an outdoor cat. And then now now the neighbors and us are, like, burdened with, uh, with taking care of, of this animal. I mean, obviously, like, we love Bark and we, we want good things for him. But, like, yeah. what... What truly would make him happy? Like, you know. Yeah, being... yeah, yeah. There's, there's, a, like, I would say the whole indoor versus outdoor cat topic is actually pretty hotly debated within the cat community, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, because it's so dangerous, yeah. right? It knocks yeah. a lot of time off of a cat's, like, you know, life. But, like, I mean, not that we got much of a choice on this one, gotta say. Yeah, I think in, if the cat has, like, been outdoors for most of its life and it's, you know, happier that way, it seeks it out in that sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Then I think having, like, an indoor slash outdoor situation is pretty nice for the cat because the cat will know. I come inside, I get food, I get cuddles, I can be warm away from the, you know, any kind of bad weather. But right. I can still walk outside and enjoy like the sun and you know that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's just like one of those things where um, obviously, like a cat that it, like an outdoor cat is is gonna live a lot like shorter of a life. Uh, yeah, they've had to go through a lot more um, hardships. Yeah, right. Um, the the question there is is just like you know, um, 
is is that a humane thing to do? Which I can see why there might be some some debate about it. Um, but obviously, in this case, it it's kind of a moot point, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's an animal, and they're not, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a huge argument to be made about the fact that it's it's an animal that originally belonged outside, and we have domesticated them to live with us, but. Um, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. like well, I think it's up to the personality of the cat too. Like some cats don't really want to go outside. Yeah, mm. that's that's true. Yeah. Um, that's true. I mean, there are like, um, there's definitely like you know ecological impacts that you should consider mm-hmm. before you know sending your cat outside. Like, um, definitely. a lot of places. Um, in fact, most places I would I would say like you really don't want a cat messing with the yeah uh the local ecosystem, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> People do it anyway, and then like right. they're like, "Why are all the birds gone?" Well, I'll tell you why all the birds are gone. <laughs> yeah, our cats love to hunt lizards, and it's like, mm, but what oh, if yeah. you left them alone? <laughs> there are there are a ton of lizards here um, yeah. that I I just didn't see last year. Um, that I was that I was um, you know, when I started living here because it was so late in the season. But mm-hmm. like, there are a ton of lizards, and mm-hmm. uh, Philip fucking loves to yeah. hunt lizards. Yeah, he yeah. sees them and he's like, yeah. ah. <laughs> I must hunt. Yeah, and it's like you you don't need to though because you eat at home. You're just doing this for sport, and they right they just, exactly they like, like to do it. I mean, I, I like I see Philip and he's like growling, and I look outside. Oh, there's a lizard doing push ups, and it's like, oh, come on, <laughs> come on, buddy, come on, buddy, put it away, put it away. It's flexing on him, and he's just like, bro, I he's gotta like, I have there. to do it. It's flexing yeah, on me. Yeah, exactly. It's an affront to my pride. <laughs> just like, all right, whatever. Anyway, um. Yeah, uh, aside from that, I had my second vaccination shot. Um, other than that, I have, um, the only other, like, exciting thing I've been up to is I was recently on uh, an episode of a podcast that was yeah. not this one. Yeah. I saw down um, Twitter. So I, I was on the uh, the Skiffy and Fancy show um, to Very talk cool. about Wonder Egg Priority. Yeah. Where, um, like, if you... If you felt like you didn't get enough Wonder Egg priority uh, <laughs> discussion um, More. in that, then uh, you should absolutely listen to this this episode um, where we like we dive into a lot more of the like problems with it. Um, uh, oh. It's funny because um, one of the people that I was uh, I was recording with, um, who is the co-host of uh, Righteous Kicks, which is the the Common Writer podcast that our friend Brandon does, mm-hmm. um, Iori Kusano, brought up that. Um, it kind the the way that Wondering Priority went kind of reminded us of um of the cube guy. Uh-huh. Because Yeah. Because like the first the first <laughs> like the, the first like seven episodes of the show yeah. are like this setup and it and then it goes in a completely bonkers different direction for some reason. I would argue that at least Wonder Egg Priority went in a direction that didn't make me as upset. As Cube Guy, yeah, well, because the thing about <laughs> the thing about Cube Guy is like it was just like, um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that Cube anime was it was always mm. kind of like flimsy and terrible. Um, <laughs> like it never really did anything. One Night Priority promises you something and then gives you something else that is interesting, but not what what it what you were asking for. Right? Yeah, 
anyway, um, so yeah, uh, if you want to hear some thoughts about that, uh, feel free to cool. uh, listen to that. Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, I will say it was kind of a nightmare to record over Zoom. Normally, um, you and I would oh. record over, over Discord, but <laughs> right. um, I don't know what it is about Zoom specifically, but I mean, okay, it's a, it's a conjunction of problems, right? Because Zoom... Okay. Um, and Reaper were fighting for control over my audio interface, uh, and like uh-huh. my drivers to the point where afterwards it like broke everything and I had to just oh my, God. my computer. It was awful. Yeah. Wow. Um, the, the lasting effects of which I, we were still feeling on like Saturday's Ace Attorney stream where like people could only hear you. Oh yeah, hear that's right. From the left or whatever. That's um, so crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, I've never had, I've never had programs fight. For yeah, dominance, like me that neither. Hard before, so um, that's that was that was interesting. But you know, in the end, we 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 managed to get it done. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So other than that, I, I think um, I think that's that's it. Really, I haven't I haven't been up to much. Um, yeah. Shall we talk about anime? Yeah, um, the many uh, anime that we watched. <laughs> yeah, uh, we. Oh my god. We, we watched so many. So many. <laughs> like, okay, part of the thing is that, like, at this point, there's a lot of anime that's coming out, right? Yes. So, like, there is more anime than there used to be. Our trailer, like, watching episodes are getting longer. They are. Um, And, like, recently somebody did the math and found out that, like, half of all anime that exists was created after 2010, which is just... Ha! Mm-hmm. Ah, that's that's a lot to take in. <laughs> and it uh, just goes to show how much um, the, I guess, like the electronic entertainment industry is vastly increasing, like, and how much we'll have to invest more and more money and time into it, essentially. Um, like yeah, video games yeah. and stuff like that, too, I feel like. I don't know if anyone's done the math on video games, but I feel like they, those are also coming out now oh, more than for, ever. For sure, for sure. Um, and you know, obviously, like uh, there are industries that are just getting like un- unsustainably large. Obviously, right? Like um, both both anime and like you know AAA video game production is kind of suffering from the same thing of like just kind of uh, chewing through workers. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we watched a we watched a lot of stuff, which is um, which is honestly why it took like uh, part of why it took so long for for us to get this episode out. The other part being, you know, that we um had to finish the other episode first. And <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, yeah, we're somewhat back on track, although we we did have to miss uh this Monday for our regular anime viewing because uh, I had like scheduling conflicts. But anyway. Yeah, let's let's talk about let's talk about what we watched. Uh, so, the first thing uh, that we watched is Ijira Naide Nagatoro-san, um, or uh, some. It's like don't tease me, Nagatoro-san. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. It's a good translation. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a um, I I feel like this is one of those things that like a lot of people know about. Um, even if you've never like actually read it or whatever um but uh it is about a a, a young man um a, a young quiet reclusive uh boy in high school getting um the absolute ever-loving shit kicked out of him 
mentally yeah, speaking. This this guy got like murdered mentally before our <laughs> eyes in the first episode. Like it was it was so bad. I was like, how on earth could he ever possibly go back to school or draw again? I, <laughs> I like there's there's no way, right? There's too much trauma. <laughs> yes. Um this it, this is a manga that I've read um and and have enjoyed. Uh, it, it's oh, definitely okay. a um how do I put this? It, it's definitely one of those things that, like, you will immediately know if you, you like it or not, because it's it's a gag comedy that is kind of rooted in similar-ish kind of, like, cringe-ish humor. Not It's not quite the same, um, because there's a little bit more, uh, like, it's not characters being awkward, it's like, um... It's it's like I mean it it's in the title right it's like a it's like a bullying sort of uh playfulness I guess I mean this man's getting savage but it's it's a playfulness yeah. it's like it it feels more sa- it's it's the, oh, sorry it feels like the same formula as uh, Takagi-san except yeah a yeah, lot yeah. more savage like Takagi-san Takagi feels a lot more hard mode. yeah exactly yeah. Um, so if that is up your alley, then this is, this is that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like the, this is one of those things that like, you will like it if you like it and you will yeah. probably very much not if you, if you don't, and you will be able to tell immediately off the bat, it will take you probably not even the length of the first episode. To, right. To yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, to get the vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it is a gag comedy show about um about a bunch of uh high school girls bullying a uh, a quiet nerdy boy, <laughs> oh, no. and they all make uh very intense faces. It's like it's like Kakegurui light. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's uh-huh. it's Takagi Sun dark. <laughs> so it's kind of in the middle of those two shows. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah um so i mean we probably won't continue watching it but to be honest that's because um there's a lot of anime lot. this season we we Holy have to be fuck. really careful about which ones we choose oh my to god keep up with like yeah ah yeah anyway um so next we watched tokyo revengers which um was a uh, surprisingly engaging actually it was very yeah yeah right it was uh not anything that i expected <laughs> no, no 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 not at all um yeah it's i feel like um tokyo revengers is one of those things that like i just like wouldn't really understand if i didn't watch it um because it has mm. a very like specific vibe to it mm-hmm. uh the premise is that a uh, a a boy uh, or a man um uh learns one day that his o- the only girlfriend he's ever had in his life uh was killed in a gang incident and then he gets sent back to the past and is like oh no i have to save her um from the gang violence yeah and um he has to both navigate the the middle schoolness of his life uh, while also 
trying desperately to change the future. It's actually a very interesting watch. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, of Erased. Um, yes, yes, 100%. The vibe oh, is, I... is very similar, except it's like not like a murder mystery so much as it is a... Um, uh, just like a like a drama. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. I would say that in Erased, it the stakes feel I guess a lot more intense. Um, and the pacing of Erased is faster, and I would say more fluid. Like I feel like Tokyo Revengers yeah, so far, at least yeah. based on the first episode, um, it felt a little slower. Um, sure. So sure. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, though, because, like, it, it we only watched the first episode. Yeah, we only watched um, one episode, yeah. And I, I see it sometimes come up on, like, manga websites, and there's, like, there's like 200 chapters. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a long <laughs> series. Wow, all right. Get in yeah. there. <laughs> so, I mean, I, so it must, it must be popular. Like, it must have an audience. There's no way, there's no possible way to get to 200 chapters unless you have an audience. I mean, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean what publishing you do, wise what you do after those 200 chapters um yeah. very much depends um but <laughs> oftentimes if you get to 200 it, it means you're at least popular yeah i mean but if yeah. you're if you're being published and printed definitely <laughs> i'm really interested to see how the next couple episodes are um, because I'm wondering how they're going to to structure the rest of of the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, right? me too. Because mm-hmm. in the first episode, we kind of get the the setup and the premise, and, yes. and then the first like time jump, uh, and then he goes back to the future, and she's still dead, but yeah. her brother is alive now, and, and yeah, he's a, he's a police officer. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's it's me. I became a police officer because you told me in the past. To that was one. so like I was like, I was you like, listened to happening? him. You listened. This crazy guy, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I also like that. Uh, you like you go back to the past when he's like, I peaked in middle school. Turns out he was just a shitter in middle school, also. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like he's hanging out with a bunch of like of the of these kids who are like, oh, we're so cool and tough, and they just get the ever living shit kicked out of them. Yeah, he had just conveniently forgot about that part of his middle school life. Yeah, maybe he just maybe he just had a, a sucky life all around yeah i will say um this just proves to me that n- nobody who makes like manga or anime has ever seen a middle schooler yeah yeah <laughs> like no, definitely none of these boys look like middle schoolers but like even more so when you see the third years who are like grown ass men yes like yes oh yeah this is this is what a 14 year old boy looks like he's got rippling muscles and face scars <laughs> you're like what are you talking about <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen a middle schooler, but they look like literal babies. Yeah, I think I think if you had like one or two dudes who looked like they were much older, like in high school, I guess, then it would yeah, be yeah. fine. Well, but I mean, all of them looked like grown men. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like that. That totally like tracks, right? Like, yeah. um, like there are definitely people who who look much older, uh, in like middle school when they like, yeah, you know, um, hit that growth spurt early. But like, yeah, um. For for everybody to just be like, mm, we're we're hulking men. It's like what? Right. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, like JoJo's. <laughs> right. It's it's like a JoJo's level. Like this is what a middle schooler is, and you're like, I don't, I don't understand. You could have, you could have just made them older. Why are they in yeah. middle school? <laughs> right. Why are they in middle school? <laughs> like. 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Why? If you can't draw middle schoolers, why would you set <laughs> your your manga in middle school? Right. I mean, part of it obviously has to do with like the art style. It it has kind of like a um it has like a seven deadly sins kind of vibe to it. Ish, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like very like cartoony. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I would definitely be willing to to watch some more of this. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um next we did not watch the we have not started the final season of Fruits Basket yet, but rest assured we will we will definitely watch it. Um, we will get there. Yeah. The end the end of Fruits Basket has finally arrived in the anime form. I'm very excited to have you finally experience the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well it's just one of those things where like um if you watch the if you watch the anime version, you you never experience what the end of exactly. the story. Sometimes sometimes exactly. you don't even realize these stories actually end. Like Right. <laughs> Like Auron High School Host Club has an ending. Actually, it does it have one an ending. Hell of an ending. I wish they would animate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, it, hey, Fruits Basket has obviously been successful. Um, Pave the way. We can only hope, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, uh, eighty six, which is a um, hmm. So it's it's an anime about uh war like a country going to war but against like i don't know if it's another country or if it's um i think it's another country but the, they have like autonomous drones that fight so they're fighting basically like this like proxy war uh except yes. the secret is that the is that in the kingdom that uh that we're in the perspective of um they don't actually have technology that advanced so they just have like people that are uh on the record like on the books dead um pilot these things and yeah uh it's i will say this show is very very interesting um from the intense it's really intense from the first episode i could tell that it was um really high quality like the production on it is very good um yes especially if you see the like cg like uh tanks or whatever uh the like drones fighting um, they look really good, and they look pretty good consistently, which is, like, not an easy thing to do. Um, like, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the the hardest thing to do always, right? I think you can have these, like, big CG sequences, um, and because it's CG, you have, like, all the assets ready. But, the, the, like, the way that they've composited it makes everything feel like it's, it's just very well integrated into the backgrounds. Right. Um, so yeah, um, I am very intrigued by this show specifically because it um has posed some very interesting like a moral um, I guess like you know uh stakes right yeah yeah because uh, obviously like you know we're talking about um people who are probably like criminals or something right um. That's generally how like these setups go, uh, and they're officially dead, so they're not they're not considered like, people, right? And so they're the country is allowed to essentially write off the PR of like, hey, we're fighting an autonomous drone war, uh, except piloting the autonomous drones are people who uh, just technically are not considered legally alive, right? Right. On paper, they're they don't exist essentially mm-hmm. anymore. Right. Um, but they're still piloted by by military officers, quote unquote. Um, so there's some kind of like uh, 
it, it's very inter- it's very interesting cuz it's um cuz it, it it's essentially like making a metaphor um of of war right of like the kind of um commander versus like soldier like mm-hmm. dilemma right um and at the same time it's um I think it, it it might have some interesting things to say, um, especially because I noticed that a lot of uh, what I liked about the first episode was how harsh things are uh, in a sense. Like, yeah, there are a uh, there's at least two different transitions where um, like food falls onto the ground or something, um, and it immediately like hard cuts into like a scene of battle, um, and it's really jarring but it's also like really interesting because it it's a very like um it's a very like this is the feeling of ptsd vibe to it Mm. that i find interesting Mm -hmm. um especially because uh one of the the, you know obviously uh the most like common kind of ptsd triggers is is sound like sounds that are seemingly Mm -hmm. innocuous to the normal Mm -hmm. person like like fireworks or whatever right can yeah uh easily trigger like you know uh ptsd in in people who've returned from war so I, I think that the direction of it is is like right off the bat very interesting. Um Yeah, I'm, and I, yeah. I really like the um I guess the moral uh anchor within it, which is we we're seeing almost everything from the perspective of I guess she's their commander, their observer, their overseer. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's she's um, like she's like a princess too, I think. Yeah, and so you get introduced to this world through um, her side of things, which is she's in a very privileged position and everything is peaceful where she's at and all the other people in the kingdom kind of look like her. They're all like white slash silver haired people. Right, exactly. And um, she gets assigned to this position and she carries it out very dutifully, like to, to the letter. Um, but you can hear how annoyed the soldiers under her command become. Right. And they... It's very clearly like a you in your you get to sit somewhere safe in your high chair while the rest of us on the ground are the ones carrying all the costs and your just just your your very presence is annoying to us kind of uh vibe and I think that's so that's so I really want to see where that goes like obviously I think uh she'll have to witness more and more of what they're going through and and actually um, maybe be a bridge between mm-hmm. what's going on in her, you know, nice um, kingdom versus uh, what's going on on the ground floor. Right. Um, and I think that's a, it's a really interesting metaphor or uh, for like uh, actual war where, you know, the places that these people are protecting are kind of like in a bubble, like they're removed from the the ground combat. So they don't really actually know what's going on over there. And so to have someone, you know, from within that peaceful place, giving all, all these orders to soldiers on the ground floor, it's like, it's kind of annoying because they're not there with you. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, um, I'm a big fan of setups like this where uh, you have the like unmentionable like squad or whatever like the this the um the war squad of exiles uh fighting 
for a country that doesn't recognize them as as human beings that, that right. doesn't recognize them as being alive and like kind of yeah. grappling with that so there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of meat there to be explored and it you know the show looks good too which is yeah uh, a big plus um mm-hmm. i'm really 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 uh interested in seeing more of this i'm definitely yeah, gonna be me watching too. this mm-hmm Okay, uh, okay, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. Um, this is a cute, slow-life isekai story. It is exactly mm-hmm. what it says on the tin, like many isekai stories. She yes. kills slimes for 300 years and maxes out her level. Yep, uh, she does that in the first episode, and so then I'm assuming the rest of the show uh, is based like kind of like a, almost like a gag setup where yeah, uh, yeah. all of these... She she gets all of these challengers who want to face off with her because she gets a reputation for being like super overpowered from her slime leveling, and um, she she beats them all up rather easily, and that's essentially just that's the, that's the show. <laughs> yep, that's the show. Uh, it yeah. is a, it is short, sweet, straightforward. Like you you will know if this is what you need in your life. Yes, uh, if, yes. You, if you need a a, a nice cute low stakes slow life isekai story here mm-hmm. it is for you um yeah yeah i've I've, I've read the manga for this as well it's it's cute um and it's it's completely the like uh turn your brain off and look at cute things happening it seems like show. it yes um yeah. and as far as that goes it's it's highly effective so uh mm-hmm. if that's if that's what you're interested in i, I highly recommend checking this out mm-hmm all right, Nomad! Megalobox 2! Or I guess Megalobox it's Megalobox 2 Nomad. <laughs> um, I, like, only vaguely remember what happened at the end of Megalobox 1, and I don't think Joe remembers anything that happened at the end of Megalobox 2. <laughs> I remember what happened because it was a happy ending, all right? They were having a barbecue together. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I see. Him I and see. his rival, and then the child, and then the dog were all there, and they were having a nice little shindig and it was and that was it and then they mm-hmm, like pan mm-hmm. away and everyone's like laughing and happy and and then the narrator and then the, and then the second season then... starts and he's a he's a hot mess a big old mess he's a like big just big old mess he's drinking we don't he's know taking pain what killers. happened right <laughs> all we know S-M-H. is that his uh his um coach his trainer um is no longer there he's only in joe's head and yeah, that has something like to do ghost. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we have uh so obviously like it starts uh in the middle of of all of this happening, right? It doesn't doesn't tell you what happened before. And obviously that's like what the rest of the season is is going to be for. Um I mean, I'm I'm interested, obviously. Like Mhm. I'm interested because um, Megalobox was a kind of a reimagining of of Ashtano Joe uh, or yeah. Tomorrow's Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, about like uh, a scrappy young kid coming up uh, with his like scrappy coach and and his scrappy boy sidekick and going on to to win like a a, a big boxing tournament and becoming like a legend, right? Uh, yeah. And he he essentially does that in Megalobox um, by being uh, Gearless Joe, the boxer who doesn't use the gears. And then uh, you start Megalobox two, and he's like using gears and he's beating the shit at people for money. And like mm-hmm. nobody in the underground boxing ring can keep up with him because he's, he's, he's Joe. He's yearless Joe. He's the best boxer. Um, but also like, 
He's he's a mess. He's like he's like doing painkillers and drugs and then throwing them up and then just drinking more after he throws up and it's just mmm tasty. Uh Episode 1 is very disorienting and like kind of slow. Uh and I I feel like that, that might kind of be the point, right? Like we're kind of yeah. like dragging our feet like Joe is like, you know, right. um dragging himself on like he's a dead man. Um mm-hmm. He feels like he doesn't really have anything uh worth worth living for. Um I, I don't know. I like. I I guess. Like. I I wish I knew more. So I guess I'll keep watching. Is kind of how I'm feeling, right? I think it's, that's the the one of the main I guess catches of the season. Yeah. Is like, we gotta find out. Like what happened? Like why? Why did he end up this way after such a happy ending to Megalobox One? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. I kind of I kind of felt this way where like um Megalobox 1 has a very straightforward premise because it's it's essentially just all right uh boxer man become good boxer he become the best <laughs> boxer right uh-huh. and that's a pretty simple thing to follow um mm-hmm. and because the first episode is so disorienting of Megalobox 2 I mean mm-hmm. on on purpose most likely right um, right it was very much likely intended to to be like that um I'm left feeling like I want to know what happened, um, and that's uh-huh. the primary motivator for me to watch the show right now. Yeah, me um, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with Megalobox too. Uh, I'm I'm like trying. It's, it's funny because like also part of it is just me trying desperately to remember like what happened in Megalobox one when we watched it like years ago. <laughs> just just rewatch the last episode or last half of the last episode. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> I just, I just remember um, the like list of boxer names. Some of them are like really, really cool. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> it was like shark, like Shimejima yeah, or something. Shark. And then, and then my favorite one was Hippopotamus Iwasaki. I was like, <laughs> mm, delicious. That's such a good name. That's such a good fucking name. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll be, we'll be watching it. Like for our boy Joe. Um, our boy. Well, we we're gonna see his hot man's mess redemption arc. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next is a show called Vivi, spelled with a Y at the end, not not an <laughs> I. Um, so it, this is about a uh, about AI mm-hmm. and the future where AI massacre all of humanity. As Which, we know, will happen inevitably. As we know, will inevitably happen to us. Um, but the story follows a uh, one of the the first like sentient AI who uh, is basically created for the purpose of being like a vocaloid, right? Like she's she's yes. a, she's a performer. She's like a, yeah. a song writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, a, a an AI comes back from the future, sent by by a scientist. Um, and he inhabits a teddy bear and is like, hey, we got to stop humanity from being big die by the AI. <laughs> um, so I have absolutely no idea what what this show is, is going to be like. Because we've only watched Me the first episode. And, yeah. like, I don't know if it's going to be a, um, like, a, a philosophical... Uh, approach to um ai and Mm -hmm. and like sentience and like what it means to Mm -hmm. to be like alive and like thinking i don't know if it's gonna be that 
Or if it's going to be like a drama where it's like, oh, we have to like figure mm. out what's what's going on. You know, there's a lot of like stuff going on. Um, and I suspect that it might actually be the third option, which is like an action show. Which That's is what I was feeling. It feels like she's going to be a superhero. <laughs> I feel like she's going to start like throwing hands. Yeah. Yeah. I Like there's just something about this premise that that tells me like. She's going to become a combat AI. And, like, yes. obviously, you can also be, like, number one while also being number three, right? You can, you can be A and C. You can be a philosophical um, musing on, on what it means to, to be alive, what it means to be a person um, in, through, the, through the lens of, like, you know, artificial intelligence, uh, as well as being an action thing um yeah as evidenced by one of my favorite games of all time near automata right like <laughs> it's very possible um but i'm also just like the the premise is so interesting to me yeah that i'm afraid that the show will let me down yeah we might get cubed <laughs> i might get cubed you know what i mean i might get cubed <laughs> but i'm yeah. i'm hopeful because i'm the hopeful show too yeah. looks good yeah like it, it visually it looks pretty there's actually a lot of shows that look really good visually speaking um and i am i don't know i'm just like praying that this is good yeah. because i really want it to be good <laughs> me too <laughs> um and i mean you you get jun fukuyama stuffed into a set in uh, a, a sentient teddy bear so like i mean what what is there to hate about that really yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, this is a show that I, like, I, I just don't know what to talk about, uh, having only watched the first episode. Yeah, I, I'll be excited to see where it goes from here, because I don't have any idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm super, super hyped to watch more of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, um, next let's talk about Mars Red, which is a an anime that is adapted from of all things a stage play um which is already kind of interesting um and it is about um it's about people like uh, a government like okay it's set in the <laughs> Taisho era uh-huh. um like pretty shortly before world war one two two i think i i can't 100 percent remember um but the government has a program where they're trying to make a vampire soldier unit uh-huh. um and for that reason they're pursuing vampires um and uh that's that's it that's the premise and the first episode is is like I really don't know what to make of it. Um, uh, me neither. Um, <laughs> I really, I was just confused at the end, and then at the end, I was like, okay, so it is vampires, and then the episode ended. <laughs> well, part of this, I think, is um, this show is paced really weirdly and like cut really weirdly. And, yeah. I, and part of it is definitely, like, intentional, where um, there's a lot of, like, really hard cuts where you feel like something has happened, 
that, well, like, you know that something has happened, but you don't know quite what it is. And so you're essentially spending a lot of the show piecing together what just happened that you didn't get to see. It feels yeah. like, um, it feels like if you were watching an anime that was getting, like, King Crimson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're watching an anime, and then, like, King Crimson is like, all right, you don't get to see this part. And, I, and it just cuts it out. Um, yeah. It makes for a very fascinating viewing experience and not necessarily one that is very easy to follow, if possible to follow at all. Um, I don't know really anything about the plot other than there are vampires. Yes, that is the only thing I gleaned from it as well. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm kind of in two minds about this because I really do, I really am interested in this as, um, in general because it has a very interesting premise and it is really weird and I, I like stuff that's like really weird um and I'm I'm just I just don't know what the rest of it is gonna be like I don't know if the rest of it is going to be um you know uh legible in any way I mean I think part of it <laughs> is because it is adapted from a stage play I think there is a certain rhythm to Japanese stage plays um that uh that is emulated I think very well here. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Because I, I, I actually realized this when I was watching um one of the other shows we're gonna talk about, uh the Pretty Boy Detective Club. I actually mm-hmm. noticed that, that that show because it employs a lot of the like um stage theatrics, uh that the pacing of, of Mars Red must be in some small part at least um due to the fact that it's adapted from from a stage play um Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting because stage plays are like such a such a big thing in japan um at least you know looking at it from like a nerd angle um there are a lot of people who really like stage plays there yeah it's uh... (laughs) a I'm I'm really surprised at how much they how popular it is over there, and they have so many like musicals of anime and stuff like that too. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Fun. Well, that's that's one of those things that uh, where like yeah. everything gets adapted in, into a stage play at some point. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I guess like to be fair, uh, stuff stuff like that kind of happens here, but it's only like the biggest stuff, right? Like stuff right, like right. Spider Man and like the mm-hmm. Lion King. They get mm-hmm. adapted into like you know. Uh, like Lion King on Ice or like Lion yeah. King the stage the the theatric performance or whatever right right um the musical etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's really weird and really it's really different though cuz a stage play is like kind of not the same as as a musical um there are obviously you know many similarities and like they share a lineage but like yeah it's 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 its own specific thing like in in yes. America, at least, stage plays are generally reserved for, um, you know, like like classical works, like Shakespeare and like opera. And sure. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's yeah, I don't know. I'm I want to watch more of this. If I have time, I I might. I don't know if we're gonna continue watching this together. <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> simply because it like we just really don't have the the time to like right do, right. It's um, not that it's not interesting. Care. It's just that you know I'm, we have to choose. I'm intrigued. It's just yeah. that this this season is like saturated with very yeah. good shows. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's Mars Red. I don't know. Like 
Honestly, um, I I really recommend like watching the first episode, um, just just to see what it's like because it's just to experience it because it is very yeah. different. Yeah, it is. It's super different. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of um, actually, it reminded me a lot of Shaft Works in general. I don't know what it is about Shaft where like the direction always feels a little bit like like a stage play. Um, like there's a lot of opening and closing like. Uh, sliding door sounds um the like clapper sounds there's a lot of the like spotlights that that kind of stuff happening it gives it a very like um stage performance uh feel to it anyway, mm-hmm. um so next let's talk about joran the princess of snow and blood which um i could not tell you anything about the plot except for uh it is about a <laughs> a yuki ona woman fighting yeah. other other monsters and there might be a government conspiracy happening um yeah <laughs> uh uh i would say visually it's very striking um, yeah 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 if if you're if you're down to just watch it to admire like the style and the atmosphere it's it has a lot of strong qualities there um i think story wise i wasn't like super hooked i guess yeah, um, me neither, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that the concept of this, a show just about this lady killing all these demons or whatever, I think that's pretty cool. Um, and it does look impressive um, when she fights. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, so far, at least from the first episode, that's all it's been. And I don't know where they'll, where, the, where they will push it from there. Yeah, I'm 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 very much of the same opinion where um visually it looked uh pretty good especially when uh the fight scenes were happening. Um I think yeah. otherwise it can get a little bit um like it can be in- inconsistent from time to time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some some of the shots definitely uh felt like they just were you know, they just, there was not a lot, a lot of care put into it. Like it was rushed or whatever, right? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. who's to say? We we don't have a, a um a view into the the production, but like mm-hmm. you know, the fight scenes and like all of the the special effects that happen are um very striking. They're very cool. I like mm-hmm. the visual style of of the show a lot. Um, yeah. The writing itself had had kind of a lot to um. It felt lacking in many ways. Yeah, I'd say uh, so. Which is kind mm-hmm. of where I was. Because, like, mm-hmm. the show looks good, and mm-hmm. the trailer for it looked really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I still stand by those statements. I just find that the actual show itself is not grabbing me as much as I thought it would. Yeah, yeah. Is kind of me where too. I'm at with that. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um. But I mean, hey, if you're interested in like the the cool the, one of the cool action shows of the uh, of the season, like this this definitely will probably fit in there. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Okay. S S S S dot Dinazanon, which uh, if you um if you are familiar with uh, Gridman is that but the next one and triggers doing it again and um i mean really like what what isn't there to love about about this right um <laughs> there like, i'll tell you what i don't love <laughs> okay what do you not love 
I don't love that girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's some there's some stuff where uh, I feel you know what actually it's actually really interesting because I feel like the human characters so far have um been um aside from like the the shouty boy who's like the the kaiju tamer I I don't feel very attached to any of them quite yet. Uh, I feel like at least with <laughs> um. At least with the uh, with Gridman um, and yeah. those characters, um, the main character had kind of a reason to just be like a a nothing character, right? Because he was like <laughs> he was like amnesiac and he didn't. Yeah, really that's true. He did have an anything, excuse, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like in this one, we just kind of get like the boring protagonist. Right? Yeah, the 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 protagonist where there's like a mysterious girl whom he's super interested in, and she right, treats him exactly. badly, and that just makes him more interested in her. Like, why is she like that? Why is and, she like uh, that? The drama there, like Ooh. just the the conceit of that, like really bothers me. But it, because it's, I, I, I don't know, you see that, it everywhere. I had a feeling it would, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think uh, they they do right away start by sharing some depth as to why she might behave the way that she does. You know, by treating him badly because she had a loss in the family and that has obviously affected her very deeply. And then the protagonist as well. Um, his mom is hooking up with some dude, and he clearly doesn't favor the guy. Um, <laughs> right. And I mean, so uh, they both come from like I guess changing family situations, and that's maybe yeah, why they yeah. start relating. They it's, they might start relating with each other. It it is kind of impossible to say just because we've only seen the first episode. Yeah. But so far, so far, the only character we really care about is uh, is Shouty Boy because he's, yes. he's a real one. He's a real <laughs> the bro. kaiju master. Kaiju man. Um. He's just a weird shouty boy. Uh, yeah, I like him a lot. But, He's like uh, such a bro. He like chased down the girl because right? she stood up the guy, the protagonist, and the protagonist was upset about it and was just still waiting for her. So he's like, "I'll go find her for you." Manages to find her, tells her off for standing him up, and she's like, "Whatever." And he's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how did this this guy who is like you would think is the least sensible character suddenly the most sensible you know <laughs> right i i think i think to be fair there is a, there's certainly something about um a show like this which um at least from the the genre conventions is aimed towards a younger audience where like things can be a little bit more contrived but they at the very least have to be like very simple concepts so, like, the fact that this girl is just, like, I can't keep promises, like, that's a very simple concept to, to keep in mind. Um, and it's a very simple, like, um, character flaw that a character can have if you don't have brain cells and you don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I'm sure it's 100% related to uh, her backstory and, and the loss in her family. And they'll right. they'll have it come around in a way that... Um, I think it should hopefully be rewarding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I I feel like I'm definitely going to watch more of it because I I really like yeah. Gridman. Um, yeah, I and... liked Gridman too, and I'm not like so annoyed by the show that I wouldn't watch it. Um, right, because I am interested in seeing where it goes. Right, I, I I do think that this as well as Gridman, you you kind of have to lean into the fact that it's like very like very much a a love letter um as i mean as well as being you know a, a legitimate part of of the genre right like a historical um piece of of the genre but like uh just like you have to you have to kind of lean into the fact that it's like a very like somewhat cheesy like tokusatsu show 
And yeah. um, as far as that goes, it, it has been delivering uh, quite well. We got to see a giant robot transform a couple times. We got to see it beat the shit out of a, a kaiju. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I yeah. really liked what they did with Gridman. So um, mm-hmm. I'm... I have faith. I have faith that Trigger will deliver <laughs> something that will that will make me um go woo yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. So if you liked Gridman, um, or you're interested in Tokusatsu, uh, absolutely give this one a shot. Um. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, uh, let's talk about Shadow's House, which um is about human dolls, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> that that have been given life, we think, or we're told, um, and must tend to the shadow people who are like people, but they're they exude soot, and they they don't have faces. <laughs> this is a terrible explanation. <laughs> it's well, it's just hard to explain. I, it I is. Um, it is. Uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> I am so intrigued by this show. It um, feels like a story where they're starting off very small and then they're going to expand outward. Right. Um, so rather than explaining everything to you through exposition from the get-go so that you have the main setup, they just start with like this interaction between this girl, the shadow girl and her doll and their bond. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of the episode, they show like, oh, other characters exist in this house as well. <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm so interested in this show. Like, <laughs> the premise of this is this so weird, and I like, I yeah. really like it. Um, definitely, the first episode is a little slow. I w- I will say um, it's pretty slow. I think, that, yeah. I think that does go to to what you're saying, where they're starting very small. Um, yeah. It, I will say that the pacing is very slow, but it feels very like deliberate because I think yeah I think what's happening is we're uh, we're starting uh, and we're kind of like building with the the main character right um, and and the person and the shadow person that she's serving and then like uh, slowly we're gonna move outward into um, what what else is happening in the rest of the house and like what what those deals are and then probably we'll get some questions answered at some point. Um, and I'm I'm really interested to see because I um like the premise is just so weird. Yeah. So um Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Like it it feels very it has a it has a very strong aesthetic to it, I think. Um is part of why I like it. Uh like it it's very much this like um Japanese interpretation of like this like a Victorian household. Um, and yeah, like, you know, like nobility and stuff, um, which is interesting for sure. I think something about it, um, probably because it's full of shadow people, reminds me of the game Eco, mm-hmm. um, and probably also because it's kind of like in a castle-ish mansion-looking thing. But um, yeah, it looks like like <laughs> if you stuffed a Victorian mansion inside of Eco's castle <laughs> and you filled it with all the shadow people, and they all had human dolls. That's that's the vibe that I get from it. Um, but right. the first episode feels very like slice of life y. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe that. I, I feel like they'll probably develop the drama as we go. Well, that's forward. that's that's what I was interested in because um, mm-hmm. 
you're right though. The the first episode is like very slice of life. Um mm-hmm. and like I I'm kind of okay. Like I would be okay if the rest of the show was a slice of life show because like I like slice of life shows that are set in like weird settings or like fantasy mm-hmm. settings. Sure, um, yeah. But I would also like some questions answered. Like I don't know yeah. what the shape of the the narrative of the show will be and that's why yeah. it intrigues me, I think. Right, yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So that that's our, uh that's where we are at with Shadow's house. Um Cool. Yeah. Uh I don't know who I don't know who to recommend this to, uh but it, if that description at all piques your interest, <laughs> I would I would highly recommend checking it out. Um <laughs> Let us move on to Shakunetsu Kabadi. Yeah, Which I, I watched watch. this um to report back and boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess the best way I can describe it is the protagonist is this guy who kind of tries to jump into VTubing slash being an internet personality, but okay. he does it very badly because he doesn't know anything about it. Um, and so as a result, um, when he gets introduced to Kabadi and the, and the team and whatnot, they try and recruit him and basically use his failed internet ventures to blackmail him into staying oh with the my team God. <laughs> what but i say that but that's probably like the most interesting part the rest of the show is just very sports anime and just yeah, kind of blase right. you know like um i will say that the explanation about the sport is fairly interesting but the pacing is very just kind of like middle of the road and the the way that they tell the story is very middle of the road so it's mm-hmm. it's very typical sports anime fare. All right, um, but I do think that the conceit of them blackmail him him because he tried to be a VTuber and failed is pretty funny. <laughs> wow, that's I see I see we're getting to the the topical um, <laughs> uh, the topical like ev- everything is VTubers now. Actually, right. there was a um, there was a cameo uh, of of a VTuber's voice in an episode of an anime, and I don't remember which one it was. Oh, it mm-hmm. was one of those ones that we weren't going to watch. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think I think there was, um, in like one of the, the isekai shows that aired recently, I think there was a, a, a shot in the background where in the background was Pekora. <laughs> Somebody had <laughs> drawn Pekora in the background. <laughs> Why not? It's a me, Pekora! <laughs> okay um sure sure um yeah. so it is it is a straightforward uh sports anime yeah that's kind yeah, of the very feeling i got from it um yeah the premise does sound very funny though <laughs> it, it kind of feels like one of those things that you wish they leaned more into right i know me too i wish i wish <laughs> yeah i feel like that's yep. my that's my big problem with sports anime is um I like the shape of sports anime. Like, I like the structure of sports anime. I just Mm -hmm. have a hard time getting attached to characters um, if they're not interesting. And I have a hard time watching something if I'm not really interested in the thing that they're doing. Which is the the problem I have with a a lot of sports anime, which is that it is about sports. (laughs) And I think that's completely valid. Make it about the boys. (laughs) I don't care about the sports. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So, the next thing we watched was The Saint's Magic Power is Omnipotent, which is another cute isekai soul life show. Yeah. Um, Where the main character is Renu. Renu is the main <laughs> character of this show. 
I, uh, so the premise is essentially, um, there's this magical summoning ritual that occurs in this fantasy world that brings, uh, the protagonist into the, the fantasy world as a saint healer. However, the catch is that the ritual brought two people, including her, and, um, the prince very immediately recognizes the other girl as the saint healer and brings her into the castle. And then the other, the protagonist is just kind of like left to the wayside to, I don't know, do whatever. And she's unable to return to her world. Um, so she just kind of adapts to living there and decides that she's going to go do gardening and botany and science and potion making and stuff. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> yep. This, uh, it, it, it's, it's one more of those shows that just fits into the genre of, uh, I have definitely turned my brain off and read about 80 chapters. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, y- yeah, th- I, I mean, there's not 80 chapters of, of this manga out, um, but uh-huh. I definitely did read, like, 30 or so chapters when, when they were out. I will say, though. Um, the anime has been a much nicer experience than the manga, just because the the manga, um, most of this, like, I think chapters like ten to like thirty were scanlated like through a machine scan like translator. Oh, um, <laughs> and then like vaguely tweaked for grammar and and like, I mean, you you don't want to you don't want to be there. I mean, I, no. I understand that like scanlating is is one um technically not legal and two uh. A lot of work for something yeah. that could easily get you in trouble. Um, yeah, my my god! Um, <laughs> when you read one of those machine translations, you're like, mm. I, like this will do in a pinch, but um, I can see why we have people for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the value of tran- the the translator stocks really go up when you read a machine translation. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this this show's pretty cute, honestly. Uh, the premise is obviously an isekai show so that's uh that's kind of what you mm-hmm. get um but mm-hmm. it's also you know an isekai show that isn't about um a guy that gets reincarnated and decides that he's gonna invent capitalism so that's kind of nice <laughs> like <laughs> sh- like I- shockingly that's kind of nice like i've been reading a lot of um so recently i've been reading a lot of i've been going back and rereading a lot of villainous uh manga uh, isekai manga just because mm-hmm. i've had the the craving the urge to do so um <laughs> and like it's it's a little hard sometimes if i see an isekai uh premise that seems interesting but is is like very clearly like i'm gonna invent capitalism again i'm like no oh he, he did the thing <laughs> smh smh <laughs> i i don't know i i just smh i like i like the courtly drama a little bit better i think <laughs> the, the courtly drama of I'm I'm annulling our engagement, but but if you do that, our families will be at war, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's far more interesting to me. I I like that a lot. Um, sure. Yeah this this show is good. This show is good. Uh, if if you're into is- isekai stuff, um, otherwise, uh, I mean, there's there's nothing here that's so spectacular that it will like persuade you to like isekai stories, right? No, yeah, it's very uh, middle of the road kind of. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it's very serviceable content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. 
All right, let's talk about those Snow White notes or Bashiro no Oto, which is about a uh, uh, shamisen boy who um, wants to play the shamisen like his grandpa, but he dies. And so the shamisen boy is like, shoot, I'm going to go to Tokyo now. Bye. But the grandpa, right before dying, tells, tells oh, yeah, his tells grandson. He's like, don't play the shamisen anymore. Yeah. Yeah, don't play anymore. And so the, the grandpa's like, don't play. What do I what do I do now? I still want to play. <laughs> um and you definitely I feel like the uh his struggle is so relatable as an artist oh where my God, you yeah. are no matter what art form you you're delving into, what creative thing that you're you're into, you eventually reach a point where Technically, you know the steps, but stylistically, you don't know who you are, and you don't know you you kind of lose a sense of what you're doing this for because it's it stops being necessarily just for your enjoyment, and you try to find a deeper meaning into it and um that feels like where he's at right now, where he doesn't really have his own style because he's been imitating his grandfather for so long, and to the point that his grandfather was just like, "Just stop playing." <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so now he's trying to find his own identity now that his grandfather is gone and he can't imitate him anymore. Right. So I I really, really like this show. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think we only watched one episode. Yeah, we only watched one and episode, but it was a very good, like full it was episode. Good. <laughs> they they did a lot in that one yeah. episode. Yeah. Like and not in the way where it feels like we're rushing through a lot of a lot of stuff to like get through like what what the story is. It feels like legitimately the the it is like just um narratively dense. It it's like there's a yeah. lot of things happening and a lot of things feel like they have a lot of meaning to them, which mm-hmm. uh, I think is I think is honestly kind of great. Um I I actually really really like um the idea of using um I mean, I like any story that that is kind of like this about like, um, oh, how am I ever gonna live up to my my uh, predecessor's legacy, right? Yeah. Um, and and you know the obviously the emotional arc is like laid out before you. You can see it with your eyes. You can trace it. You can be like, okay, he's gonna have to discover that he has to play the shamisen for himself and not for for like mm-hmm. not to imitate his grandpa, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And seeing that journey be uh, depicted in a way that feels satisfying uh, can be very difficult, but uh, it's very clear that this show has a very good grasp on on how to do so. Um, because, uh, well, one, for one, the shamisen music, like, fucking goes. It slaps. Yeah. It's, it slaps. Yeah. Uh, apparently, um, the Yoshida brothers are supervising the music, um, and they're probably one of the most, like, famous shamisen players uh in Mm -hmm. in the world um Mm -hmm. they're like brothers that have been playing together for um like like 20 some years now um and like if you hear like pop popular shamisen music it's probably the yoshida brothers um Mm -hmm. and like yeah hell yeah hell yeah i i like it because um i like a, a, a story that will convey things to you without um just saying them at you like yeah. mm-hmm. I I kind of like that they have taken this approach where they're attempting to tell the story through through the music um which uh is is honestly very very unique and like feels like it's 
refreshing and like like something that people don't really do that often so um i'm super super i'm super invested in the main character i'm super invested in uh in, in the side characters uh i really like you know all of the stuff that's happening um the characters feel endearing and interesting um they feel like they i hate that guy them. yeah that guy obviously sucks right <laughs> why why did the girl have to leave and we get stuck with the boyfriend <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Um, but I, I also like that, uh, we have this juxtaposition between, um, the main boy who I just don't remember the name of because we've only watched an episode (laughs) Um, and and the girl where she's trying to, um, become like an actress, right? She's trying to, um, follow her dream to become an actress and he's trying to follow, you know, his dream of, uh, playing the shamisen like, like his grandfather. And. I like that we get to see um, them inspire each other to to like yeah. continue onward and and, and like oh it's so good it's so good it is so good from from episode one it has already started to be very endearing yeah yeah I am super excited to watch more of this show me too <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so next we have The World Ends With You, the animation. Woo! Um, I love The World Ends With You. Uh, it was one of the, uh, one of my favorite DS games. It was definitely, like, one of the most popular DS games. Like, it was Oh, a for hit. sure. Yeah. Like, I feel like people don't talk about the, the World Ends With You that often, um like in in the abstract right like uh unless no, there's yeah. been, like an announcement mm-hmm. or something but right. i feel like it was very foundational for uh like a lot of people especially a lot of oh, people oh hugely yeah um mm-hmm. who were getting into anime in the early like mm-hmm. early to mid 2000s right um mm-hmm. it hit at exactly that time when people were like ooh cool um and I, I like that the world ends with you has a very specific um style to it that you do not see a lot of um at least anymore uh, mm-hmm. where because it's like a a very urban like hip hop yeah. kind of um feel yeah. uh and and like you get to see uh Shibuya and it, like all of the parts of Shibuya are like recreated um and like stylized in a way that is, is mm-hmm. very cool. I like that it it is set in what feels like a very real lived in world but then you're separated from that world because you, because you're a ghost, right? Because you're not you know, you're not alive anymore, right? Um, I think that's that that's all very cool. I I loved the world ends with you, and um, I'm glad that it's getting a lot more fanfare recently. Um, obviously because a um the sort of ports for like the Switch and stuff have been released. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a new game announced in the works, and now there's an mm-hmm. anime. Very um, exciting. So it, I mean, honestly, if it's if it's the decade of the world ends with you, I I would be very happy yeah. uh, about that. Like you know, the world has been without this this you know game for for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, I will say though that the anime is it's very like it's very mixed bag in my opinion, um, mm. because the animation looks like good. It looks really good actually. Oh yeah, it looks um, amazing. Yeah, they have perfectly recreated the style and they have this like cool hybridized like 2d 3d like transition um stuff like the 3d really works for um the monsters and um 
when you have those like uh like those like panning shots like those perspective shots where like um the perspective can shift around a character uh those are all very very cool and they they flow very seamlessly um cuz i feel mm-hmm. like more and more it feels like studios are finally kind of understanding how to use like 3d cg animation Definitely. to like, make things yeah. like look cohesive and good yes um, and this is a this is a great example of, yes. of how to do that. Um, mm-hmm. This show looks very cool. Yes, I will say that the I have a big problem with this show though, um, which is that the pacing is so off. Yeah, because <laughs> um, because like like so obviously we just mentioned with um with those uh, those Snow White notes that um it's very narratively dense. Mm-hmm. So it feels like um, a lot is happening, but you're still able to kind of cons- like uh, absorb all that information. The world ends with you is kind of, kind of the opposite, where a lot of stuff is happening, but there's not a lot of time to think about it, and there it actually doesn't feel like there's that much substance behind it, uh, writing wise. So even though, like. Because here's the thing about um, The World Ends With You, right? Um, because it is originally a game, you have to very much consider, like, how to translate a game story into a non-interactive medium. Because right. you can get away with a lot when you're um, writing narrative for a game just because the player is going to be playing through things and they're going to have a, a first-hand, like, kind of experience with it. So, mm-hmm. for instance, like, you know, when you are fighting a battle in uh in a video game, you feel invested in that in that battle because right. your your self is at stake, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're watching it in an anime, for instance, you have to be invested in the characters succeeding and not just yourself succeeding, right? Right. Um, yeah. And I feel like that has not been as strongly established as as it could be in in the world ends with you. I think. If they slowed down the pacing a little bit, I I think they're trying to cram a lot, like too much into like too little time, mm-hmm. um, and they're cutting a lot of corners to do so. Like they're not doing mm-hmm. it in a way that is, um, uh, like it, they're they're doing it in a way where it's a lot harder to keep up with the information that you're being given, or they're giving it to you so fast and um, moving on so fast that it's very hard to. Um, form an attachment yes yeah i would say that so far it feels like characters are being thrown at you in a setting that's slightly you know that's uh you know removed from the the actual real world and you're not really given enough time to um create an investment into each of these characters and so you're just kind of left um watching the story unfold but not really feeling it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean this is a big problem that's fairly common i would say throughout video game adaptations um i've mm. noticed this in the persona animations i've noticed this mm-hmm. in yeah rampa adaptation yeah um like a lot of games that get adapted to uh anime just don't really feel like they've they've considered that because i i think in a lot of ways because they don't necessarily have to they assume that you're going to be invested in the characters because they assume you've already played the game right sure yeah um 
But I think like looking at it from the perspective of somebody who's never played The World Ends With You and does not have an attachment to these characters, it is a lot harder to feel invested, which I think is a real shame because um, I think that uh, the game The World Ends With You hits a lot of really awesome emotional beats and has some very interesting like uh, like uh, philosophical musings about um, about like what it is you know to live and to die. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like I have I've mixed feelings about it because like obviously if it's if the anime is bad that does not ruin the enjoyment of the game um it just means that the, there was a bad adaptation which uh, right. but on the other yeah. hand I just wanted the anime to be good right like I wanted to give people the same feeling as when I played the game which um can be very difficult obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so far, I guess based on the first episode, visually it's very impressive, but uh, story pacing wise, it's um, less so. Um, hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. the rest of the anime will be better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, it's probably uh, like. I don't know if I'm going to specifically try to make time to watch it, but I would definitely yeah. be interested in watching more. Um, just to see if if uh they kind of fix those pacing issues, but like mm-hmm. everything else about it is is really good. Like the animation is really great, the aesthetics are are incredible, and um, like really a lot of what people remember about the world ends with you is the music, and the music absolutely slaps. The music, slaps. yeah, yeah. Like when when the when the songs from the like original soundtrack hit, you're like, oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it. This is it. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> um, so that is that is a lot of how I feel about uh about the world ends with you the animation um I I kind of wish the pacing was better because it could really be something special but um I mean hey game adaptation is our game adaptations right <laughs> yeah all right Bakuten Bakuten um so there's a big part of me that wants to like weasel this into our anime night. <laughs> but, okay, what what is this um, show again? This show is about like group rhythmic gymnastics. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So the the gymnastic scenes generally, um, at least from the first episode, and a little less so in the second and third ones, um, are in three D, like CG, but. The rest of the show is 2D animated, and um, the 3D parts aren't, like, that bad. Um, They definitely stand out because it's, like, fully 3D. Um, And then later on, they kind of start integrating a little more 2D elements, um, but uh, it definitely stands out in the first episode because they do an entire routine in 3D. But as you go along, you kind of understand why, because it's, it's a group of dudes all doing like a full routine and so they're doing a lot of flips and stuff and yeah exactly so they they showed like the whole thing essentially um and uh yeah the the animation itself is actually not that bad because they do try to include an uh, like a good amount of like secondary motion to the models and stuff like that it's not just them going through the motions which is nice Mm -hmm. and um the story itself is actually i think in my opinion, is well done. Like, you start off with a soft boy who kind of gets interested in the sport, and he ends up getting involved with the club, and then they uh, 
they take him under their wing and they start forming like a complete team because the team starts off with only four out of six members. And so whenever they do any kind of routine, they automatically get docked points because they don't have a full team. Um, but they still manage to score decently high because they're, the existing team is just really, you know, they're very skilled. And so they try to bring in two new members and one of those members is Kageyama. And then the other one is the soft of boy course, protagonist. <laughs> um, and they're just like the way that they kind of deliberately pace the show is so charming and good. Like the animation, they, they put a lot of time into showing how this boy is like steadily improving and how he's being helped by his teammates. And so I, I don't know, <laughs> like, the animation of him learning how to do a pa- a backflip is so is instilled in my mind because it was so charming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think they strike like a really nice uh, balance between you know the sport and the uh, character investment. Um, and um, I think there is obviously like a Haikyuu influence in there. I mean, mainly because of Kageyama, but also um, the way that they um, place a lot of uh, emphasis on how the uh, boys interact with each other mm-hmm. on the team and their group dynamic and how that kind of like steadily evolves as they get better. Um and then there's also, of course, the fact that other teams get brought in and then you get to see the interaction between those teams. And so the first team that they bring in, like, as their rivals, um, they feel like the inter- interaction between Karasuno and Nekoma, you know, like there's like analogs between each of the, the team members in each other's teams. And so there's that dynamic, but they do it in like a nice, uh, funny, charming way. So I think overall, I highly recommend this anime. It's not necessarily just your typical sports fair it's a little more than that um Mm. so yeah (laughs) if you don't like sports anime this is a little closer to probably your field because it's not just regular sports anime fair okay yeah all right i mean maybe maybe yeah if if we have time to if we have time um we could check out like the first episode or something together Sure, sure yeah (laughs) <laughs> all right uh let's talk about the pretty boy detective club um which is a shaft produced anime about a girl who encounters the pretty boy detective club which is a detective club in in her school full of pretty boys um <laughs> that solve problems and mm-hmm. you know mysteries and stuff uh and her mystery is that she wants to find a star that she saw when she was uh younger um that has has since disappeared um and i am um, okay so <laughs> this this show is like really weirdly engaging to me um it has I'm, a very interesting sure vibe yeah it's i, I think it's so- I, yeah i think i think part of it is the shaft vibes for sure yes 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 um it feels like as if shaft were doing their version of oron right yeah, um, yeah. So each of the the boys in the club have their own like talents and you know unique personalities and stuff like that, and they yeah they I guess come together to solve like a case or whatever. But ultimately, it's about what it means to be a pretty boy detective. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so stylistically and animation wise, it's really pretty. Really, really pretty. Um Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, story wise, it um it it feels like it's fully aware of what it is. <laughs> and so that's how they tell the story. Mm-hmm. They know that this is about a pretty boy detective club and not to take that too seriously, but also this does actually mean something to the characters, and so um yeah, you uh you build investment that way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm really interested because this show um I feel like has a lot of potential to be really interesting and I don't I don't know if it's just like just because of the shaft sort of aesthetics. Like you you know what the shaft aesthetic is, right? It's like this yeah. like near future kind of ambiguous city. Um everything feels a little bit like weird and vague and um mm-hmm. kind of like off kilter like everything feels a little bit like adjacent and a little empty it, it actually um so early when i mentioned uh that it feels like a stage play it actually this is what makes it feel like a stage play i think in my opinion where because a lot of it feels like the characters um essentially are on stage one at a time so like whenever characters are not on stage nothing else actually exists um <laughs> is kind of the the feeling that you get when you, when yeah. you watch this um yeah. which is interesting and i feel like it has very much the potential to have something to say um because the setup is uh this girl who has essentially this like very um kind of like vague dream like she has something that she wants very strongly um which is kind of a a great place to start with a story but at the same time um it represents something for her and you get that immediately off the bat right it kind of represents like you know her childhood her happy memories um the uh the like willingness to hope and dream um mm-hmm. like that you have as uh as like a you know uh, a young person that will um presumably be be taken from you as you grow into a cynical adult right um and it's it's interesting because i feel like the fact that they are in middle school feels like a deliberate choice to kind of play on that um that idea yeah. that mm-hmm. um it's about people who are growing up and navigating um like becoming uh people who have to take things seriously um yeah and, and i kind of i i actually kind of really like it weirdly cuz i feel like it can be pretty easy to look at it and and see it as a little frivolous but like it's very clear that one like they they do know what the show is um mm-hmm. they understand like it's not to be taken super seriously but at the same time um like we're getting it from like the the perspective of of entertainment being shown to us where uh we can see that everything is a little silly it's a little tongue-in-cheek um the producers obviously know that um but at the same time there is an earnestness to the way that the characters will wholeheartedly pursue like what they want Um, yes yes Mm -hmm. and i think that is like surprisingly engaging and surprisingly endearing so like yeah Mm -hmm. even though the the premise of the show is kind of weird and um 
you're not really sure what kind of show it's going to be. Like, it, is it going to be like a slice of life show or is it, um, I mean, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. um, or right. is it, you know, going to be like more of an Oran like show where it's, it's kind of like a comedy slash like drama slash romance sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I really want to watch more episodes of this. Like I, I'm, yeah, yeah, me it, too. <laughs> it's one of the few anime this season that um I, I i i can immediately see like something inside of where i'm like i i feel like there's meat here i feel like there's meat here oh yeah definitely <laughs> um which isn't to say that the rest of the shows in this season are uh, have nothing to them I, I that's definitely not true like there's um there are a lot of really good shows airing this season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of those, it feels like I will not be able to decipher exactly what meaning I'm going to draw from them until until the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm shockingly intrigued by Pretty Boy Detective Club. Um, this is yeah. another one of those shows, though, where nobody has ever seen a middle schooler before. Like, yes. one, one or two of them <laughs> looks like a middle schooler, and then, like, two of them look like, like grown-ass men. <laughs> Like pretty, pretty men, but like grown ass men. Like one of them just looks like Diluc from Genshin Impact. Yes, yes. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> what <laughs> middle schools? Come yeah, on. I mean, yeah. I, I get at least it feels like middle school. Um, and I, I guess, I guess you could say that about Tokyo Avengers as well. Like middle school being this kind of very carefree time in your life. Um. Yeah, uh, I you know what, actually I'm, I'm having some thoughts about Tokyo Revengers. I'm gonna hold those until the end of the season though, because um, I definitely want to see what what the rest of that show is about. Um, yeah, we gotta anyway. find out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you enjoy anything that Shaft has ever produced, then then Pretty Boy Detective Club is probably gonna be up your alley. Um, if you right, like Oran, yeah. honestly, like you'll probably yeah. like this. Yeah. I think it's a little more approachable than some of their other works, too. Um, yeah, yeah. So. It doesn't feel as quite as, like, dark, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not even, like, as darkly comic as, like, something like Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. Right, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's talk um... about Odd Taxi. Um, okay, so there are a lot of, like, weird shows with interesting premises uh this season and this this one maybe has like the the most interesting one actually (laughs) um so basically we're taking a look into an animal world where everybody is animals um yes which is already an interesting visual choice it's you know um i mean i feel like it's it's like a pretty i wouldn't say popular but it's a pretty normal thing i would say um in in animated medium yes um obviously you have things like zootopia um and uh b stars obviously mm-hmm. uh aired recently and yeah uh, uh, bna stuff like bna mm-hmm. um uh what, what, what there's one more that i'm thinking of um off the top of my head that uh that reminded me of of this uh but i guess I, it doesn't matter but yeah it's not like that out of out there um but it is always a, an interesting visual choice um to make your your story look like that mm-hmm. um but then the rest of it is like what yeah it's what? one of those shows where um if you go in blind you'll you're in for a, an interesting time a surprisingly interesting time because 
the protagonist is just like this walrus cab driver and the way that he goes about his life is like very like slow and deliberate right um and so that kind of sets the pace of the show but then things outside and around him just start to develop and in a way that is very intriguing and (laughs) and there's just like this like slowly growing mystery that is Mm -hmm. occurring in the city and he's just you you get the feeling that somewhere he's caught in the middle of it and he's not right. really aware of it because he just wants to do his job but it's happening <laughs> oh yeah 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 um uh it, this show is very sharp um and it, it takes an eye to society which is 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 uh, really interesting like I mean, there's there's some like boomer kind of um, oh technology. Everybody's fake on on social media, kind of like <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah. look at you, edge lord takes. But um, across uh, like across the board, honestly, um, it is willing to talk about those things and also like entertain like the the rest of what the show is, which is like there there are a lot of mysteries around uh, the main character and what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. There's like. A, a, a central mystery of like this this uh you know girl that went missing and there's kind of this like creeping sense of of dread right of like mm-hmm. something bad has happened and might mm-hmm. still be happening and mm-hmm. you're not sure and like everything is like pointing in in different directions and um it's i mean this show is really well done uh it's like there's kind of no other way to put it is um it's unique in a way that that very few shows are um and i j- I, I gotta watch more of it i have yeah, we to gotta know, know what happens yeah, yeah i i'm i'm invested <laughs> yeah totally 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 so yeah mm-hmm. um next let's talk about way of the house husband which is about a legendary yakuza man who <laughs> retires and becomes a house husband um <laughs> I feel like everyone and their mom knows about Way of the House Husband, but um, <laughs> it has been turned into a anime. Mm-hmm. A anime. A anime. A anime. Um, mm-hmm. Which has led to to some... Um, <laughs> it, ha- it has its fair share of, I guess, controversy surrounding um, the decisions that have been made during production. Um, because it's not so much a traditional anime as it is like more of an animated like slideshow like a it's more like the manga but with color and more movement which yeah and and voice acting <laughs> and voice acting which um i mean i i think is interesting um i it's de- it, like i was very pessimistic about it going in but honestly oh, really? <laughs> um well no just because it's like i mean it's a show or it's a it's a uh, a manga that i like really enjoyed so oh. to see the trailer for it and to see almost no animation whatsoever and to not know that it was a um an intentional choice it it makes you assume the worst about the show sure um, sure but having watched it um it's Honestly, not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, I think that the the animated comic format actually does help the the jokes, like the original jokes, land um, 
maybe better than if if it was a fully animated um venture um yeah i think for me it didn't really bother me that much yeah Um, that's kind of how i feel yeah i was like oh i mean we've also if you're expecting your traditionally animated you know anime then i would understand your severe disappointment in this show um i've heard a lot of strong opinions basically calling it like the ugliest show like barely animated it's a slideshow so on and so forth but um if you have experienced enough anime to know like when something is being experimental or when something is trying to do something different then this is this is one of those shows where it's very intentionally um just trying to strike um a balance between the the comic and a full animation right. um as per the the manga's request so well it's it's also um it's also very funny though because um if you look at the production uh the director has come out and said like yeah i mean there are some some parts of this that would have been so much easier if we made like a regular anime like th- yeah yeah it's not like a mm-hmm. right it's definitely not a cost saving measure yeah and yeah. a large a large part of the reason that it happened in the first place um, is apparently because the original mangaka would not let it become an anime unless they did mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you yeah. know what? Like, I was not that optimistic about it going in, but uh, actually, this is pretty decent. Like, yeah. I, I'm will I'm I'm here for it, honestly. I think I would, I would, I mean, as someone who hasn't read the manga, um, I've only, basically only experienced the story through this show. Mm-hmm. And um, if it had been to a point where the lack of animation caused the gags to suffer or caused my enjoyment of the content to lessen, then I would understand the outrage. But for me, it doesn't. The the It's still funny. <laughs> and, um, I still like the show, and so I'm not offended by the lack of animation. Um, I do think there were some sequences where you could kind of tell where it's like, all right, this was probably a challenge for them to keep it restricted. Right. Yeah. But um, it didn't deter my enjoyment of the of the content. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I I would agree. I would agree. Um, I, I feel like it's it's one of those things where um. I don't feel like it is necessarily um, an objective improvement, um, but I also don't feel like it is ruining my experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, cool. for for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Um, plus, it's it's really great to hear all of the the characters' voice. So, oh, um, the voice actors are like phenomenal. Yeah. The voice <laughs> actors are phenomenal. Also, it's very funny because. Um, uh there are a lot of stories shoved into one episode um which mm-hmm. is like fine yeah. cuz the the original um manga it kind of follows that that same format mm-hmm. the stories are very compact um mm-hmm. but it's not like a sh- a short form short form where like you get like 4 minute episodes it's like the short form where they do like 8 episodes in one episode right mm-hmm. um yeah uh, is is yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So next we have Zombieland Saga Revenge. <laughs> oh, I love Zombieland Saga. I love Zombieland Saga so much. Ooh boy. Ooh boy. Um. 
We back. <laughs> we back, boys. I I don't think there's anything that Zombieland Saga could ever do to just make me dislike it. Um, because it's so it's I I fucking love Zombieland Saga. I um. <laughs> I I have actually really enjoyed the 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 second season. I like wasn't sure what to expect because I didn't really yeah. know what they were were gonna do right um, with it. But like, I mean, we're back. the The girls are up to their their hijinks, um, trying to trying mm-hmm. to do idol stuff, mm-hmm. and um, kind of yeah, kind of every aspect of it has just like gotten gotten a little boost. Like the three D sections where they do the idol dances uh is much cleaner. Uh yes, it looks a lot yes. better. Looks it a lot better. So awkward in the first mm-hmm. season, but now it actually mm-hmm. looks like it's intentional, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. aside from that, I like the I kind of like that we're we're continuing to explore the the various characters um mm-hmm. and, and their backstories because we definitely got some of them uh in the first season. Um, but you know, obviously the first season was about, um, uh, about Saki, I think is, is her name, the, the, uh, gang, the gang leader and, Mm -hmm. um, and about Lily. Um, and, and then this time we got, uh, episodes about, um, about I and, uh, uh, Junko. So, Mm -hmm. um, I like it. I, I like it. It, Zombieland Saga is endlessly entertaining. It's, uh, it's funny. It's surprise surprisingly like um you, you there's definitely moments where you're like oh huh um where you like <laughs> because, well yeah just because you like you know you you build an attachment to the characters and uh when things happen you're like oh yeah yeah because even if they're like kind of silly you're like yeah yeah take over the radio station with this guy with his floppy <laughs> hair that's <laughs> the most legendary pompadour ever. The most legendary pompadour. Um, yeah, you 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 end up getting behind the characters' right. motivations and investments. You, you root for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like every episode, I don't really quite know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, every episode, <laughs> like, kind a of adventure they're in, which is always yeah. super. It's just super fun. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like drawing numbers out of a hat. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like Zom- Zombieland Saga, it's more Zombieland Saga. Uh, the opening is a banger, and the oh opening my gosh, video is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, the songs are really good this season. Mm-hmm. I really like the 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 music. Uh, yes. And um, the episode where we had where we had Junko singing and she, she sang in her dulcet tones, I was like, mm. <laughs> good, what? give it to me, inject it directly <laughs> into my veins. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I'm just always here for Zombieland Saga. I'll always. I'll go. I'll fucking go mm-hmm. ham for Zombieland Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely my like comfort watch of the season. Oh yes, this show Absolutely. gives me immense amounts yes. of joy, no matter yeah. how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the big banger. Uh, to your eternity. <laughs> okay. Which, so before we start, oh. like. Uh, if you haven't, if you don't know anything about To Your Eternity and you're interested in it, I would recommend watching it before you hear anything about it or watch any trailer of it because I think the blind experience is probably the best one that okay yeah yeah you yeah. Can no, have. yeah I agree I agree yeah, yeah. so if you're interested in watching it absolutely go watch it um yeah we'll give you like five or so seconds before we start kind of uh digging into it yeah um 
briefly the uh opening i think both the opening and ending are by hikaru utada um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if that sets any kind of expectations in your mind (laughs) and uh yeah all right let's get into it (laughs) okay um so to your eternity is about an orb sent down to earth by god uh maybe not earth i don't we don't know where it is but um it is sent down to the world by god to uh, turn into things and experience things um, yes. and it turns into a rock and then it turns into a wolf and then that wolf become uh was actually friends with the boy so the wolf orb become friends with the boy and then the boy is like i live alone in this remote ice village i want to go <laughs> to where there's not the remote ice village and so they journey northward to the mountains um and they find out that uh, all the people who had left uh, the ice boy uh, all died. They all died. Their caravan got flipped and they just fucking died in the middle of the Iceland. Um, and so he he goes back home, but he has sustained energy, an injury that gets infected and he gets sick and dies. Um, and then the, the wolf is like, oh. And the orb becomes the boy. <laughs> so that's that's what happens in the first episode of To Your Eternity. Um, and I kind of did just distill it into the silliest way I could like explain it. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm not like I'm not gonna lie. There is something about the way that this is written and depicted where it's so effective at getting you invested that. Yeah. Episode one. At the end of episode one, I was crying. I was so upset because I haven't. You. Everyone likes to talk about how like the first five minutes of Up were like like they ripped your heart out. This I've never been so ambushed I've, since then. I've than, never been so with thoroughly this, throttled oh emotionally by a show. Yeah. Like. Uh, <laughs> It was on. Uh, it was completely insane. <laughs> like, okay, so here's the thing: is that the 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 episode and the what happens in the episode are so predictable. You could show, yeah. like the first five or so minutes to yeah. a, to a ten year old, and they would tell yeah. you what would happen yeah. throughout the entire yeah. episode. Right? Right. It's it's yes. just like you know exactly what is going to happen. You know, yes. Like you you know that that this like orb creature as a dog is going to learn about companionship and then this boy is going to die. Yes. Because, because yeah. that, of course, and then he's going to become the boy. Yeah. And then he's going to become um, the boy. Yeah. You know, you know for sure, but it's, it's all about the execution and yeah, totally. They nailed it. <laughs> I, I've never seen like, I feel I've never experienced a piece of media that so thoroughly nails how to land like emotional impact. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, it's just like the, the very little thing. And I, you know what I think it is? I think that this show really understands what makes emotional impact happen. Cause mm-hmm. it's, I feel like a lot of times, um, a show will have a character die. Um, and they'll be like, bam, character death, have emotions. And people are like, oh, boo-hoo right um 
but not a lot of care goes into like the moments immediately following a character death that make it set in because you when when you watch something you don't feel sad the instant a character dies you feel sad in in the the stuff that happens afterwards you know right the other characters reacting in, to it in a sense yeah. like the 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 bitter placenta of story <laughs> Right? right. <laughs> like when Thanks for that. When, <laughs> when when the boy like dies, you're like, oh no, he's he's dead. And but like it's when the it's when the orb wolf is like learning about death and like realizing yeah. that this boy is not alive anymore. Yeah. Um and when you like look at this like uh, wall full of pictures that he's drawn of like the whole village who are yeah. no longer alive, um, yeah, and you you immediately get hit with this sense of like oh like you feel the impact of that mm-hmm. because it is is um, depicted in a way where you are allowed to feel it. Um, mm-hmm. There is time after. To feel the emotions, and not only to feel them, but to amplify them and to drive them home, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The I fact think, that, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the fact that, the, like, you know, uh, we we see the boy, and we like um, get to see him, um, like, essentially like talking to himself um, in order to, yeah, to ease his loneliness yeah. um, all this time, and yeah. like when you have that final moment where he like. Um, is is like dying and he like gets like he sits in his chair mm-hmm. just in case like somebody comes back right mm-hmm. just just so that they they know that he was alive right um it really hits because yeah. you're you experience like not only the fact that this character that you've been following for the last like 20 minutes has has died you get not like the the reaction of the orb wolf who like doesn't quite understand what what death is yet um, but you also get to see, you know, like the wall of like, uh, paintings and you get to, you get this very profound sense of like, this boy died alone, but yeah, he still found comfort in like what little companionship he had, even though like it was an alien orb dog. Yeah. Technically his, his companion dog. had already died. Yeah. Right. Um, like um, I'm, and I mean, yeah. it's it's not like hard to have like the a boy and his dog connection, right? Um, that's like that's a trope as old as time, but um, it really like there's just something about the way that it was it was executed that really drives it home, um, and actually makes you feel it, which um, I think. Yeah, I I really enjoy the decision that they made that we um and from the you know from the first episode on experience the story through this alien orb. Like we mm-hmm. we the audience are essentially the alien orb dropping down into right, this world exactly. and we don't have any attachment to these characters yet. Mm-hmm. And so as the orb is developing an attachment, we are also developing an attachment to the the characters until they they pass on and even though we 
know what's going to happen. It doesn't lessen the emotional impact any, um, at least not for me and not for you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I 100% <laughs> agree. Like, I yeah. um, I actually really like the, because, um, like, one thing about it is that um, essentially the the narrator who is like God kind of explains mm-hmm. at the beginning of every episode what what has happened in the last episode, which is like that's what's whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. I honestly, if you're watching the episodes back to back, I could do without it, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you know, uh, having that be the perspective, I think is really valuable, just yeah. because like when like obviously like you know like you said like you don't have any attachment to a character you've never seen before mm-hmm. um just the same as uh, an orb that does not understand companionship does not have any attachment to like you know human beings or whatever mm-hmm. right so the fact that you get to grow that very naturally and organically um yes. is is a lot of what makes it like actually um land and like I was honestly, um, I was really taken aback at how good the first episode was. Um, oh, yeah. And how I actually cried, which, like, I, I'm, i like, okay, so I'm one of those people that finds it very hard to cry in, in general, right? Um, <laughs> like, I, I grew up in an environment where uh, I was taught not to cry, that yeah. crying was a, was a sign of weakness. Right, um, right. So it's very, very difficult for, for me to induce tears. Um, <laughs> but the fact that this show did it in one episode yeah was kind of incredible right because like <laughs> i remember when i watched um because here's the thing when people when people say oh this anime is gonna make you cry right oh yeah, yeah you always yeah. approach it with a little bit of skepticism like yes I the, yes the last time somebody said that to me i watched um the entirety of anahana and i was like oh that was that was a good story um but i didn't really feel like i was like gonna cry over it i mean i mm-hmm. might feel differently if i went back and watched it nowadays but like um mm-hmm. When I watched this first episode, I was like, what is happening to my body? <laughs> I <laughs> I cry pretty easily with media, and with this episode, I was crying multiple times throughout the My episode. God. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I think part of it also is, is like, they know how to lead up and, and ramp down from something. Um, yeah. So, like... There, there's like a there's a there's a rhythm to it there's like a beat to it um, yeah definitely like, because when you when you see the boy um sustain like his injuries um and you can see that it's bleeding every day you immediately know oh this this boy is gonna die but yeah. because they continue forward anyway for like 10 minutes you're left with this this sense of dread as it just creeps closer mm-hmm. and closer Mm-hmm. And then it happens, and um, and like I said, you get all that stuff afterwards, right? Um, that really drives drives all of those emotions that you've kind of been developing home, mm-hmm. and it it's catharsis. It acts as as a kind of cathartic relief um, to cry over that because, mm-hmm. like, you realize that you know this boy was was also in the process of realizing that he would like die. Um, yeah. Yeah. pretty much alone with only yeah. his dog with him um and that he would never get to see the people who cared about him and he would never know if they were were still alive right mm-hmm. um, yeah and there's just some there's just something about like um how well it was executed like it was just i think it was just perfectly executed i think the pacing of it was was impeccable i i think there was literally pretty 
I like watched the first episode and there was like I could could not find any any personal gripes with anything that happened in that episode. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was brilliantly paced and written and animated. It was yeah, just yeah. the animation really looks great really striking. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I watched the first episode right, and then I was afraid because. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the first episode is so good, yeah, the rest of the show might not be that good. Right, it, it might have peaked already. It may have peaked. <laughs> it might try to like catch yeah. you in the same way and fail mm-hmm. because it it's already pulled its one trick. Um, right, and then you yeah, <laughs> and then you watch, <laughs> then you watch four more episodes and you're crying again. <laughs> I, I beca- you already know what's going to happen and i was <laughs> we were talking about this at the end of this next arc you know which is a much longer investment right um right. and we were like okay we we know what's gonna happen like this right. is it's so predictable but, <laughs> but then you go through it <laughs> I, and at I the just... end we were ruined again all over again yeah so so like Obviously, like spoilers for for the next like four episodes of the show, but um, like it follows essentially, and this is actually very interesting because um, it's essentially um, these are uh, it's a depiction of like a human sacrifice ritual, um, but the person who gets chosen is this little girl who the only thing she ever wants in the world is to grow up and be an adult, right? Um, and so you're like, okay, these are the stakes. Cool, cool, cool. How are you gonna fuck fuck me on this one, right? Um, you know, you already know in the beginning, (laughs) right? You already, you already know, you already know. Um, and they go through this whole adventure, um, where all of these things are happening. Um, they get taken to, uh, the country like that oversees their country. So, um, for, for the record, this is 100% like an Ainu, like Japanese, like, um, allegory situation. Yes. Um, Yes. Uh, there is like, I, I think a lot of it has to do with how, because they pulled that one episode trick, they're like, you know, we can do it in more episodes. And yeah, essentially, more, yes. Right? Um, and you know it's coming. And, like, it's so uh, awful because, uh, <laughs> and I say awful in, like, an oh I'm impressed way. But, like, it's so awful yeah. because yeah. there's, there's like, a scene where um, she, um, um, the girl, the little girl May, decides that she's going to sacrifice herself so that her little sister will survive. Right? She's like, I I will choose to put my life down for the sake of another's, and um, and like goes with with the captors, and then all the other stuff happens, and she gets rescued, and like, it's so evil, because that's the moment that they give you hope. <laughs> they give you the hope that it's not going to end that way, but they've already laid the the foreshadowing seed of despair. Um, yeah. Because yeah. because they in, do a whole prison break and everything too. Right, because there's the whole prison break and everything. Um, and then she decides to again, like going back from the last like last seed right where of this moment of like growth as a as a character right this child growing into somebody who like understands like her her role in um relation to other people and like. She takes an arrow for one of the other characters and in doing so chooses to sacrifice herself for the sake of another person. The thing is that they pull the same trick 
kind of. Um, they follow the same structure of like you have all this this lead up, and you can feel the kind of like creeping sense of dread. Yeah. Um. As until like the thing actually happens, and then you're hit with the shock of the thing happening. Yeah. Um. And then they wait a couple beats, and then they start really hammering it home. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. don't stop for the rest of the episode. Yeah. I I'll say that they, at the very least, even though we we know what will happen and and all that, and we and there might be like a formula, they still are building on the orb story too, and so you right, get to exactly. see more of the orb's abilities expanding, and also like. It's it's learning how to talk, which was crazy, thanks mm-hmm. to the girl. Um, and so that there's like a lasting impact from her on on top of the fact that, you know, the orb can now turn to her too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, part of yeah. it is definitely because we get these like afterlife sequences where like the characters yes, are yes. like entering the the, yeah. the afterlife and yeah. like. Because in the first episode, the boy goes to see his family, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And then in the, and in this episode, you get to see her, like, uh, uh, like yelling to, like, um, the scene that's happening, like, please, you know, to, like, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the girl character. I just, I don't remember any names. Mm-hmm. Um, where she's, like, um, about to, like, kill herself, and, um... And she's uh, she shouts, and uh, the orb the orb creature stops her, um, and like all of this is it's like so good as individual story arcs, and it's also building on the yes. the, the bigger story of like this right. orb learning the the broadness of like human experience, um, right? And, and I think like it's actually it's actually really great. Um, I really like that uh, that uh, essentially we're kind of taking this step back and approaching um like what is it that makes us human right obviously like this is a topic that i like i I like in my media um but like we get to see what human emotion is like um from this outside perspective and we get endeared to it like we get endeared to it um and inoculated to it firsthand through this this viewpoint character essentially this orb mm-hmm. um and it's it's interesting i i think part of the reason it, it works so well is because they're like making an effort to make an experience where you can understand it even if like you for instance just had never experienced something like that before yeah um, because essentially they're trying to explain it to an alien um mm-hmm. and like <sighs> <laughs> I there has never been a piece of media that has made me cry twice in the amount of time that that this has. Actually, there's there's been never a piece of media that has made me cry twice, period, except for this. So I don't like it's just really good writing. Yeah, yeah. It's really good writing, really well paced and you feel all of the investment, even though you know what's going to happen. You're like, I shouldn't get involved. I shouldn't feel things for this character because it's just going to hurt me in the end. It's just going to hurt. do it yeah. anyway. <laughs> what a shame. We couldn't listen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm honestly like, 
I'm I'm honestly super impressed. Like this this show is definitely looking to be the best show for me for this season so far. Um, but I oh, also yeah. said that about Wonder Egg Parody, so I'm gonna hold my tongue maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's so, wait to see how they go on from here. I'm I'm really interested to see how how they're gonna close the the story out. I, I don't know how many mm-hmm. episodes it's going for, but probably I I imagine something like twelve, thirteen. Um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like. It's impressive to do it once. It's impressive to do it twice. It is so hard to do it that third time. <laughs> and, like, what? I would like, honestly, even if... I would like the show even if they didn't, like, try to pull our hearts out again. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if they decided, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna do something a little bit different now, like, that would be completely okay to me. That's within the scope of the show um, as far as I'm concerned, right? It's about, you know, learning the breadth of human experience, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling that maybe they're just going to just fucking rip my heart out and trample on it again. Yeah, you know, uh, they've done it twice, so, like, why not go f- go right, for broke exactly. and do it a third time? <laughs> to, to Your Eternity is an absolute, like, tour de force of mm-hmm. yeah. emotional investment. Like, yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> Look no further if you if you want to know how to make people cry because Jesus <laughs> Christ, I there's just something about it where I I'm like I'm just especially weak to it I I just yeah. I don't understand because I don't cry easily <laughs> and here I am weeping. Uh... I will uh, say it's, yeah. a, it's a very satisfying <laughs> show to watch as a result of that. Because, um, you know, I feel like a lot of shows um, have moments where uh, you you feel like emotional, like emotions kind of like surging up, but they don't they don't come all the way out. They don't resolve in a way that's that's satisfying, um, which, uh, you know, again, is like it's is catharsis. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What's nice about To Your Eternity is because they're so dedicated to showing you the entire like follow through, like the entire swing through. They really, really let you feel that sense of catharsis. It's like if you don't sneeze, like you feel like you have to sneeze, but you don't <laughs> sneeze like when a, when a show is like, oh, here's here's some like weak emotions, and I'm like, oh, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, if you haven't had a cry in a while, <laughs> if you want if you want a good if you want a good emotion, um, to your yeah. eternity, I highly recommend. I mean, obviously, yeah. your mileage will vary, um, and. I'm not oh yeah! Now that we've talked about crying all the time, yeah, you say, probably not, won't cry. It's not necessarily <laughs> going to make you cry. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily about making you cry either. It's about right. the fact that it's a really, it, in our opinion, uh, a well done story. It is a very well done emotional story, regardless of if you actually shed tears or not. Yeah. Right. Um. But one hundred percent, like this show is so 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 good. Um. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm I'm impressed. Like I, there's just nothing else for me to say here. Like I'm I'm legitimately yeah. like here, like clapping my hands. Like well, you you know what you did yeah, it. You, you did, did it. it. You broke you broke through my heart. You you did. It. <laughs> you ripped it right out of my chest. You stomped all yeah. over it. Uh, hope you're there happy with yourself. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would generally recommend the show. 
<laughs> I, I would highly recommend this show to, to anybody and everybody. <laughs> All right. Yep. Um, so that, that um, was it. I, oh, no, that's you have one more thing. I have one more thing just to end off on like a lighter note, <laughs> I guess. Um, I've been watching Yukoku no Moriarty's second season. How has that been? Actually, how was the uh, first season? The first season was was better than I expected. It's still pretty like mediocre, but like okay, uh, it it was interesting enough. Um, and sure, it went for the whole Sherlock approach, but in a way that I wasn't quite expecting. Like huh. the overarching theme of it is about classism, and I was like, I wasn't expecting this in my Sherlock. Okay, adaptation. Right. I mean, to be to be fair, like it, it yeah. isn't the second episode like explicitly about that. Yeah, but it, it like it like go it goes all in for like the rest of the show. Um, oh, it's like the central conflict. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh. <laughs> the second season is so much wilder. Um. So they start off. They started off with uh, the introduction of Irene Adler, the woman. Of course. And. Uh, she gets involved into some kind of political intrigue where she ended up stealing something or coming across something that the government is like, yo, now we got to hunt you down. And so she needs protection. And so she goes to Sherlock for that protection. And um, eventually you find out what what she holds is um, the truth behind the French Revolution. What? And that <laughs> the... The truth about it is <laughs> in in this <laughs> in this story that Maximilian Robespierre intentionally orchestrated the events of the French Revolution as a British spy what? and that this was all part of a social experiment by Britain <laughs> and uh he created intentionally the reign of terror because the revolution got out of hand and the reason he created the reign of terror is uh he planned that the end result of it would be his execution and so he would be a martyr for the cause and uh that by him dying the entire revolution would wrap up in uh in a nice way mm. um so there was that and then they also revealed that <laughs> Maximilian Robespierre is one of the Holmes ancestors. So he's the ancestor what? of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, also, uh, the whole like Moriarty plot, right? Because this is about <laughs> the story uh, in the perspective of James Moriarty. You learn that these three brothers, um, collectively are. James Moriarty. They're the Lord of Crime and uh they they are doing the, they are taking out nobles who are bad and they only want to, in order to make like a better society essentially. So they're 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 eliminating the the bad rich people. Uh after the whole Irene Adler situation wraps up, they take her in um, and basically fake her death so that the British government won't go after her anymore. Mm -hmm. And they decide that she too is going to be part of their organization. And so they give her their first name, James. 
Now, <laughs> if, if you were to take a step and think, all right, so she gets to choose her last name. What name will she be? Uh, what will she choose? And if you were to think of all of the famous Jameses in Britain, <laughs> mm-hmm. what uh, what last name would you think that she would choose? Mm-hmm. And at the uh, end of that episode, she chooses the last name Bond. <laughs> so- <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Fashioning a Jack the Ripper copycat. Um, to I they're they're trying there. There's this other force that's trying to start up like this uh, war between the common folk and the police, and mm-hmm. are using like a Jack the Ripper copycat to do it. And so then the Moriarty team is just like, "Yo, we got to get in that and stop this from happening." Mm-hmm. So they make a Jack the Ripper copycat <laughs> and. Um, the police, while the Jack the Ripper copycat is giving them the runaround in these, the series of alleyways, the police decide that they're going to bust out a Gatling gun (laughs) to try and stop him. So they mount it in the middle of the street and they start firing it at him. And he's like, you know, hiding from the, 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 the gunfire. And meanwhile, our our newly anointed James Bond is on the roof with a sniper. And they're like, okay, we ought to take this Gatling gun out. So uh, James Bond, uh, formerly Irene Adler, uh, takes out a coin and kicks it towards the Gatling gun. And then the sniper takes out a pistol shoots a bullet at the coin it ricochets off of the spinning coin and into the barrel of the gatling gun which causes it to blow up okay <laughs> and i guess they did it because they were you know they were looking down at the gun and so they didn't have a way to shoot directly into the barrel right because it's facing forward and they're looking down at it and so he used the gu- the coin just to, <laughs> to bounce the bullet into the barrel of the Gatling gun and explode it. Um, and then they, you know, they smile at each other and they do like a bro arm bump. And then that's how that episode basically wraps up. And that's all I have to say about <laughs> Yuko Kunamori already in the second season. Wow. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> so if our friend Brandon wants to watch it, I highly recommend it. <laughs> well, all right then. Good to know. Um, 
yeah, and I think that's it for the anime this season, right? God, what a what an incredible what an incredible place to end on. <laughs> Goodness, that's um Oh, that's that's quite a lot, isn't it? <laughs> well well um <laughs> On that note, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. let's. Uh, why don't Why don't we wrap? Up? Yeah, let's wrap. Up. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my oh, Jesus, god, it's been, it's been a little while. Uh, what do we do first? Is it Is it where are you? Where can we find you on the internet? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm Renu, also known as Swan. You can find me on the internet uh, on Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Twitch at Swandron. You can find me on Instagram at Swan Sometimes I watch weird anime like Yuko Kunomori already and talk about it on my streams. Um currently doing art and playing um Judgment. Um Ooh, and judgment. I'm very excited because Judgment is coming out with a sequel. Yeah. Later on right. this year. Well, yeah. They, they so, announced that um yeah. they announced that the Yakuza series moving forward is gonna be a turn based RPG. Right. So they'll yeah. they'll keep the brawl in action for Judgment. I think that's crazy, and that's um, I'm really funny. looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's very funny, and I, I also think that to be fair, it, it is very fitting um, that the first six Yakuza games are brawlers because because mm-hmm. Kiryu does the fighting, and then the seventh <laughs> one is an RPG because uh, the main character uh, Kasuka just really likes Dragon Quest. <laughs> it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. I um. Man, I uh, I I kind I I just wish you streamed at times that I could watch them. <laughs> Unfortunate. It's all right. You'll you you may play Judgment for yourself. You know, if it mm-hmm. ever comes out on PC, I will. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, it's not impossible, <laughs> mind you. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm still waiting for a lot of PlayStation games to come onto the PC. So. Hurry. <laughs> 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 Although speaking of things coming to PC, Mm -hmm. um, the uh, great Ace Attorney um, are coming. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! In um, in July, yeah. Uh, So we might actually be able to play those. We might get in there. Yeah, we we (laughs) might get in there. Um, That's that's really exciting. I'm actually really looking forward to it because I've never played those games before. So. I I know nothing about them other than we have Phoenix Wright's ancestor, a probably real lawyer. Not Maximilian Robespierre. Not Maximilian <laughs> Robespierre. I don't think there's any Gatling guns, probably. Um, but yeah, I w- I would love to be able to play through those games and then uh, and then talk about them because uh, I, you know, am. Um, I'm an I'm a veteran of the Ace Attorney series. Um I have yeah. played very many of those games. Um almost all of them. So uh yeah, I would I would really be super interested in, in checking those out when they launch. Um look mm-hmm. forward to that. Uh that's all I've got going on. What about you? Cool. Um you can find me all the places at Literal Soup, uh as always. Um I am doing my my friend Souls stream where we stream Dark Souls but co-op. Um Yeah. We've actually completed most of the game. Technically we completed cool. the game. Um but uh there's DLC that we we can no. do, so we're mm-hmm. we're going to do that. Um but there's like not 
that much left uh, of Dark Souls. Um, we've really blasted through it. It's a lot easier when there's two people. <laughs> <laughs> that game is like trivially easy when you have a two spell casters. It's it's not <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's been that's been super fun. Uh, I have like a, a, all the streaming setup uh, and everything, so I have the little icons that like react when when we talk. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, obviously every Saturday we do an Ace Attorney stream, um, yeah. which is at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific, um, 10 p.m. Central for regular. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we are on the very last bit of the very last case of the second game. Um, probably by the time this episode comes out, we have well, we will have finished the second game. Um, and exciting things are in store uh, for, for the third Ace Attorney game. Yes, uh, I'm super looking forward to it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, like I have, um, I like do freelance writing stuff. So you know, my stuff is there and a there and here and there. Um, I was just featured on the the Paizo blog for their um, you know Asian American uh, Pacific Islander uh, Heritage Month, which is very cool. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, um, I guess in that case, uh, let's uh, let's do let's do the little wrap up then. Um, wrap up, because that that is the end of uh, my plugging. Uh, our opening is by <laughs> Scott T Network, and our ending is by Takamakata. And the patrons we are thanking this week are Evan Williams, Cherry Bell, uh, Frostfall, Sean Dow, Magpie Miratus, Claire West, Undead Uncanny, and Dylan Boats. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. You keep the crunchies <laughs> rolling. Did I say that last time? I feel like I said that sometime recently. I think you uh, you have said that previously. You but keep that's the okay. funnies mationing. Oh. <laughs> um. You keep the nets flicking. Oh, yeah. oh no. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Alright. Um, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening to that. <laughs> we will see you next time. See you next time. ね。